Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Your Book, the podcast for literary nosy barkers. I'm Daisy Buchanan, your host and the author of The Sisterhood, a love letter to the women who shaped me. For our fifth series, we've gone in search of great American novels. This is Your Book USA, and producer Dale and I trek to the land of Mark Twain, Maya Angelou and Judy Bloom in order to see what we could find on the bookshelves of some of our favourite American writers. Over the next few weeks, we'll be taking you from Greenpoint to Glendale, but this week we're in Baltimore, Maryland, home of The Wire, Fresh Crab Salad, and perhaps most famously of all, John Waters. Legendary is a tired old phrase, but there is no other word that does justice to the author and auteur, other than those he has chosen for himself. The Duke of Dirt, the Anal Ambassador, the Ayatollah of Assholes. We spoke to him following the publication of his latest book, part memoir and part collation of essential life advice. It's called Mr. Know-It-All, The Tarnished Wisdom of a Filth Elder. The book is published by Corsair, and it's as weird and funny as anyone could hope for, with unexpected pockets of sadness and sweetness. The chapter on summers in Provincetown made me cackle, but thinking about the way he grieved his beloved friend and collaborator Divine is making me weep now. Anyway... We visited John in his beautiful book-filled, and my goodness, do I mean book-filled, home in Baltimore, and talked to him about art book hoarding and assholes, figurative and literal. Uh, the first thing I saw when I was looking over there is that amazing edition of The Loved One. It's beautiful. Oh, God, I have, to rem- I have to look at it. Yes, I collect, I love that movie, and I love the book, so, but it's a paperback, right? It's like... It's like one of the cheap mass market paperbacks. Well, that, of it. The one I, you've got is this like gorgeous sort of hardcover oh, first it's a edition. Hardcover one. I have to go look. So, you know, you're, oh, you, I have like 11,000 books. So <laughs> when you mention one, I, I have to... Brought it over with me. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Here. I found this. It was 15 bucks. Wow. The, I was trying <laughs> I to read the inscription in. So well, that's not my... That, it came with that. You know, the, I don't know who gave so that. So you're not W. Campbell on his no, 26th birthday. But there's some very good um, used bookshops in Baltimore where you can find things. And I, I go to bookshops all over the world, so I find stuff. Where you asked me where I got each one of these, I, I wouldn't remember. But um, over here is mostly my favorite fiction on this side of the room. So I have 
you know, some of my favorite artists, Ann Tyler from Baltimore, Jillian Barnes from UK, who I love, Gordon Lish, James Purdy, William Burroughs, Jean Genet, all the obvious ones, Tennessee Williams, Edward Alvey, William Inge, Margarita Dura. I never know how to pronounce his name. Oh, gosh. Vito Gumbrowitz. I never know how to pronounce that his name. But he's great. I don't Baron know. Baron Corvo, um, Jane Bowles. Can you tell me about um, that Polish man, uh, Vito Oh, he's just very, very funny and writes... He was always against the government there and wrote plays and very cutting, cutting novels. And uh, he's really worth reading. His diaries are great. He's, he's been a fan for a long... I've been a fan of his for a long time. I used to work in a, in a bookshop called the Provincetown Bookshop, which was really my education because I never went to school. So he, Eloyd Hansen, who was the owner of uh, the bookshop when I worked there in Provincetown, really gave me the education and told me about a lot of writers, and I, I read him. So working in a bookshop is obviously the best education you can get. And also people tell me my house looks like a bookshop because I have some covers face out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, they're very decorative objects. I well, but I don't. Only ones I have for decorative objects are the porn ones and the and the dirty ones. And they're, I don't think they're decorative. I think they're more like art pieces. You know, just the there were so many made in the seventies and eighties that it's astounding, and they become incredibly collectible when they used to be. No one wanted them, and and what happened was when people died, their relatives found them under the bed and were so embarrassed they threw them out. So people didn't save them until now. People have gotten on to the fact that they are worth money. When you worked in a bookshop, um, what were the customers like? Can you remember well, any books you were good at selling? I worked in Provincetown, so the customers were Norman Mailer, Edward, let me see, who, Robert Motherwell, but hippies a lot. And I worked there in the late 60s and early 70s. I worked in a couple books. I worked in three bookshops in my life, a Doubleday bookshop in Baltimore, uh, the East End bookshop that was Mary Oliver and Molly Malone Cook's bookshop in Provincetown, and uh, the Provincetown bookshop, which is still there in Provincetown, and I still go in. And uh, so those were the three bookshops I worked in. And um, it was great. You met the best people. Uh, I don't know. I, the, nobody was jerks, really. You know, today there, there are jerks in bookshops, people that come in and take a picture of the book and go home and buy it on Amazon, they should be thrown out. That That's is the worst violation of bookstore manners there is. And people think, why? It's cheaper if you do that. You think, well, oh my God. If I owned a bookshop, I'd be arrested today. Because, uh, <laughs> I would really like that. Um, a bookshop with a really quite, you know, aggressive, forceful policy. Well, I had of... that. Molly Malone Cook, the customer, was always wrong in Provincetown at the East End Bookshop. Now, there's a new bookshop in Provincetown called the East End Bookshop, but it's, it's different. It's good, but it's different. Um, we were allowed to be rude to the customers. And at the time, she very much liked Norman Mailer. So if anybody said anything against Norman Mailer, she would go over and just throw him out, get out. And if people said, do you have Valley of the Dolls, which at the time was the number one bestseller, she said, no, we do not carry that, and you should leave. I mean, she was really mean to everybody, so it was kind of exciting to work there. You were allowed to. I wasn't, but you were allowed to be. The option was available to you. I wanted to ask, because I saw... Um, in another room, you had, I think, Valley of the Dogs and Valley of the Dolls. Well, I have a whole bunch of books together there. I did an art piece on them called Library Science, where I took classic or very well-known books and then the porn version uh, separate to them. Would you like to go in there? I yes, mean, there's, there's many of them. 
that are staggering that they put them out that I've collected for a long time. And I think I have them all in one section. Let's see where I saw the ones where I saw were this? just here. Yeah. We've got In Hot Blood and In Cold Guts. Oh, My Foul classy. Lady. <laughs> Never we... on Sin Day instead of Sunday. <laughs> The Rapes of Wrath, Dial M for Meat, uh, The Ass Man Cometh. Please can we have a look at The Ass Man Cometh? Yeah, The Ass Man Cometh. Wow, so because we're, this is um, an audio medium, uh, should we describe what's happening on well, the cover? Well, the covers are, this is a whole series, it's just The Ass Man is Coming. The guy's bending over the ass, the other one's got a ruler to smack him with, so I guess that's that. Uh, I can't quite work they out. They even it's did like, Around like an the Isha World in 80 Days, which is an expression for licking somebody all over their body, but uh, I never thought it would be a porn movie. The worst is the movie was called A Patch of Blue, and this one is A Bit of Brown. Ah. <laughs> I know. That's probably, there's Thelma but, Gantry. I mean, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Clitty, clitty, bang, bang. There, is some, there it is. Something for the ladies. Yeah, God's little faker. So I, I've been connect, connecting, collecting these for forever. Even I lost it at the movies by Pauline Calders. I found it at the movies, which is about sex and movie theaters. <laughs> so they're pretty, pretty. Those kind of books are, are rare, but I know the places to find them, and I know the stores that very well under people's beds. <laughs> Well, no, I go to the places that buys them from underneath people's beds. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you where. <laughs> it's, uh, you'll, I will respect your, your secrets. <laughs> My source material, yeah. These are, I think, a little bit different as well. well they're all I love different. These they're books. just sections. I'm a teenage dope addict, carnival sin girl, cesspool, prison nurse. I mean, I ha then I collect every book that has I, comma, in it. I libertine, I a lover, I a homosexual, a teenager, a oh, pervert, I, I a woman. Like every book that has I, comma, a vampire, I a prostitute, I a homosexual, I a weapon, I a mobster, I a machine. Um, so where where would you recommend that one starts in the I library? Well, um, I guess I a woman. That was the most famous. Look, I even have two copies, two different editions of that one. So I would, I would say probably that one. I a woman. I Am by Siv Holm. Well, it was Siv a very famous movie, it became. And then there was I Am Man by Warhol, who parodied it. There was I Am Woman Part 1, Part 2, and in it her name was 2, which I love. <laughs> it's like in, um, in your latest book, something I wasn't aware of was um, the telephone calls and the oh, women answering I've got, each other. I've got papers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know if that's sort that. of... Um, I suppose these are all different stories, but that kind of, well, you know, now it's time to put my side of the story. I, a pervert. Well, that's, yeah, well, so. no, they're not answering. That, that's answer records. That's ones that one becomes a hit and then somebody mm -hmm. answers it and takes the character and then they argue and, or debate something. These are, they're sometimes sequels, but, but not, they're one-shot deals. There's they, no, you know, yeah. it's more. Some of them don't even have copyrights in them. Oh, so or titles because or or publishing companies they all because they were all quasi legal at mm. the time. Um, so would that make them very easy to kind of? I suppose you wouldn't have to option them if if you wanted to use any. Oh, if you, well, you can't period. copyright a title anyway. So mostly it's the titles. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you can't copyright a title. I don't know that there's too many 
studios that are knocking down the door to to make uh, I don't know uh, close encounters of the dong kind. <laughs> Uh, John, if I came into money, it would yeah. be yours to All make right. that movie. Uh, what book has the most porn parodies, do you think? Are there any titles that really mm. lend themselves to mm. being pornified? No, I don't have. Like, usually once they did one, they didn't do, the, they didn't do it again, you know? I, I would say the Iowa Woman one because of so many... Even in real life, there was the movie, the, all the sequels, the parodies... The uh, so I, I think I think that one and it was actually directed by Radley Metzger who was a very later well known director and and it was pushed as an art film it wasn't but it was dirty I mean it was before porn definitely but it had a lot of nudity in it it was from Sweden Sweden meant dirty yes, in America that's the code. yeah. And These are just, I don't know what's in here. The because proper care of fancy rats is a title that caught my eye. Yeah, I collect, my favorite one is Extreme Ironing. I have a book called that. There really is a book where people are ironing in extreme places. How, how do you iron in an extreme way? Oh, I'll show you this downstairs. Um... These are, I don't know what's in here. These are The Life of Father Divine. These are just weird books that don't fit in any other places around the, around the categories that are stuffed. This used to be one of my assistant's offices. We have a real office now, so she goes to work there instead of here. But definitely art books are everywhere. I collect them. You know, I, as I say, I used to know where everything is. These over here are more just like big rig hunks. They're, they're just, just titles of, you Can know. Can you call that breakdance hunks? Breakdance hunks, yeah. <laughs> There's many, many hunks books. Oh, oh what okay. fabulous cover art. I know. Well, a lot of them, that's what they're collectible for. You know, the, the, the cover art, mostly. I also like Mondo Sexo. <laughs> Mondo, there are a lot of Mondo titles. That was something that was many sequels because of Mondo Connie, the movie. So they, they, uh. They had many Mondo. I made Mondo Trasho. Cool. I made a movie called Mondo Trasho. So certainly that was parodied. Is the Slate Roof Bible ex is what you think it is? Say what? The Slate Roof Bible. Yeah, because I have a Slate Roof. Oh. So I thought that was... Where do you see that one? It's that right there. Yeah, that's an uh, obscure one, right? The Slate Roof Bible. It's everything you need to know about a Slate, slate Roof. They're expensive thing. to keep up. Every time it's a tree branch hit runs, it breaks. It might be a practice I was about to learn about, Slate Roofing. Maybe it's it's in this neighborhood. It's a lot of the houses have slate roofs, so that's why I have it. That's why I have it. I was assuming it'd be some weird sexual thing. No, and it's, it's not. Slate, slate roofing is not a sexual term that I know of. Yet, yeah, not a sexual term yet. So these are just that's the electric chair that Divine got in female trouble, but I just put books in it. You know, you can't tell anymore. Oh, so what do we have here? We have Jeff Koons, Versailles. Well, some of these books like the New York, the New York art scene. That's that's worth a fortune. That's a highly collectible, and I didn't buy. I bought it then to have it. But books, you know, some of these books that I have, I'm always amazed when I look through used bookshops and see now what they are worth. Been quite amazing. So here we have the big book of pussy, the big penis book, the big butt book, and the big book of legs, and the big book of. What's that one? I'm assuming Rest. breasts. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite a series. Uh, where did they start? Did they start with I legs? I think the big book of breasts was probably first, and then penises. Um, are they... Um, and they told me that the big book of pussy sold the least. 
Oh, I feel sad for the well, it's more, it is It is a little more jarring to look through it because it's more, almost medical. I suppose you can't necessarily pretend that you're like, oh, I, I'm just very interested in them. Well, they are because, the they're, because they're all vintage, so they're hilarious. And you oh, can so see, we've, we've got a full full Oh, full academia. I mean, so you can see the different styles in pubic hair through the years, which are something that needs to be uh, did, noticed, they, did it noticed. get up to the era of the vajazzle? The era? I don't know. Because that started in the... Before, you couldn't see that. There were no pictures of that legally till the late 60s. I mean, I think, you know, from that brief glimpse, you know, those pictures are like, beautiful and amazing. I will, I'm going to go home. No, I'm going to buy the big of book of pussy and I'm yep. going to give them a sale because I, I feel like they should have that. Um, well, it's we... Tash and Books. It's quite a very well-known art book place, so they'll be, they're, they're <laughs> doing be fine. fine. Yeah, if they have five sequels, you know, <laughs> must, somebody's buying them. Uh, can we talk about these art books that are here well, on the these coffee are table? Just current art books that I have. I mean, they're all different. Zander Rhodes is my friend. That's a show that just opened. Uh, let's see. Here we have Sturdivant. They're just all ones I like, or artists I like. Bridget Berlin, The Polaroids, I wrote the introduction to that book. Uh, they're just all ones that I either own their art or I like their art or I follow them. So these, are, I would say the main reason you get on this table is they're semi-current. Then over here... Just like in a bookstore. Yeah, exactly. Oh. New and adventure oh, over sorry. here. So the, here is where more obscure little books are. Delinquency and Halloween put out by the Satanic Temple. This book is amazing. Hell, somebody put out a book celebrating that Notre Dame burned down called Notre Holy Dame, shit. an act of God. Isn't that amazing? Um, it, I'm it's called Hell's Gates. Very small independent press, I'd guess. Well, I saw them a couple different places. Yeah, Bloody hell. I think, yeah. Uh, these are just really obscure little art books that are the kind that end up being highly collectible later. Clara Lydon, just Richard Prince, really early art books that that, done, that I've collected for a long time. So they're, they're pretty good. They're ones that I keep. What? This is like pissing figures and statues oh, in, in, uh, excellent. in Italy. Somebody went through and took a picture of... This is somebody that worked for Crispo, who it's anti-Cristo about how she felt she had to be a slave for him to cover stuff. So it's an anti-Cristo book. That's amazing. And I like the... Um, well, that's one of the pieces she had to cover. That's the one she had to put on there. Felt pinned to it. So to... they're all just books that are very, very obscure. And, uh, and I've collected them forever, and I still collect them. So... That's it. My house is like a bookshop, definitely. I would love to know when you started really, really collecting, was there a particular book that was the I first book? I didn't think I was collecting that. I just like to read and I was a shoplifter. I stole, <laughs> in the beginning, I stole all the books. When? Not from the bookshops I worked in, but I used to steal books. It was easy. I had a special coat and I never got caught either. But now I buy so many books that I don't feel that guilty. I've made up for the, oh, even from the bookshops I, I stole probably them. probably a yeah. thousand times over. Yeah. Um, was there a first book that you bought that was like a serious Grove purchase? Press. You know, I didn't read as a kid. I hated reading because they always made us read boring books and do book reports. 
so I didn't like them, you know. So later when Grove Press came out and, and did all the things like, uh, I don't know, Henry Miller and Janae and uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn and those kind of books, that's when I started reading. So Grove Press is what got me reading completely. So probably the first book that I got as an adult would be, I don't know, in the 60s, definitely City of Night or William Burroughs or Naked Lunch or that kind of stuff. Beatnik books. It's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes um, when Nelson sees it and right. says, I can think of two things wrong with the title of that movie. <laughs> well, I forgot that line. Um, Naked Lunch, yeah, and I got to know William some before he died. So uh, and I've been to Lawrence, Kansas many times for celebrations of his life where he lived at the end of his life. Did you ever trade books with him? Or no, recommend I never traded books with him. I would buy his books and collect his books. I'd even have the books by his son, who had a very tragic life. Um, I, I don't who know wants to be happened. William Burroughs Jr.? Yeah. Um, I think legacy. drugs. I think he died. I know he died, yeah. Oh, but he wrote a couple of books, and they're good. Oh, what are his books? Yeah. Um, I, I can Google them. Um, speed. I don't remember. Speed is one of them, yeah. yeah. Gee, I mean, so this... I guess if, if your father likes heroin, how do you rebel and you're a writer? Become a speed freak. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> I feel terrible asking this because I'm like, you have, yeah. you know, many lifetimes of reading right here. But do you ever um, like listen to audio books? No, I never read listen to always, audiobooks. Always the print products. I mean, I don't listen to audio books, even though I've done my own for all things. You know, I'm, I'm not against them. If ever you want to hear a book, it's fine with me. I just like to read. I don't read on a Kindle. I don't read that. I like to hold the book. I like the packaging. I like hardbacks, even though they're heavier. So, I mean, today I'm going to the Miami Book Fair, but my suitcase is already too crowded because I'm going away for a week in different places. So I always have way too many books with me. Uh, when do you read? I usually read every night. And I always, I'm on planes almost every day in my life. So I would say if I'm not learning a speech, which I usually am on a plane, I read. I read always. I never watch TV. There's good TV on, too. It's hard not to. Once in a while I do. But um, I I read at night. I mean, that's how I relax is reading. And um, I have read every book in this room. Um, I have a section upstairs to read, which is, you know, 400 books probably. But still, I'll get to them. Uh, what are you in the middle of at the moment? What am I reading right now? The new biography of Carrie Fisher. Oh, someone was just telling yeah. us about Is that the one that her assistant wrote? No, I don't think oh. her assistant wrote it. I don't know. I just started oh, it last a, sorry, night. that's a novel. I because I just finished, what did I just finish right before? Uh, Augustus Burroughs' new book, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Ah. Uh, what's the experience like with your audio books? Do you read and think, yes, this is great, I'm a genius, or do you ever read and think, oh, maybe I'd change this if I could go Well, back. when I read it, what I realize is how many terms that, I don't know how to pronounce that I've written or read my whole life, but never said them out loud. Um, I'm terrible on foreign pronunciation, so I make sure I try to do my best with that before we do it. Uh, sometimes you think, did I say that? No, because my books are pretty well copy edited, but I understand what you mean. You think this is a little long-winded here, that kind of thing. No, it, to me, once you read it, it sounds more insane when you say it out loud to me. I think, oh my God, because then I have to look up at the people in the booth <laughs> that, that work there that do every book that comes through, and they and I'm saying all this crazy shit that they're looking at me like, well, I guess they're used to anything. Maybe, maybe. But mostly you just realize how crazier it sounds when you read it out loud. Now, I've never listened to them. 
I, um, I think I do a good job on them, and I even had an Emmy nomination, no, Grammy nomination once, so, um, for one of my books. So I, I think... Which book was that? It was, I, I think, Role Models. Oh, yeah, it was role models. And I lost to Joan Rivers, who had just died, that bitch. She would laugh if I said <laughs> that. I was, I was friends with her anyway, so she would have she would have been happy. She beat me in death. Because uh, I would say the only good thing about Joan Rivers' death is that she didn't know she died. She didn't. Uh, so in this room, I have fiction. And the other side, I have, that's fiction too, a lot of Denton Welsh. Let's go over here. I have, I love Denton Welsh. He's my favorite writer. And this is his self-portrait that I got. It's the other one is in the National Portrait Gallery. So I got this from his biographer a long, long, long time ago. So that's a self-portrait that's on the cover of one of his English version of his diaries. Oh, that is... So over here, I have Jean Rhee. So I love Pasolini, uh, Denton Welsh. Who else do I have up here? Philip Hoare, my good friend, who's written a lot of books. I got Norman Mailer, John Ritchie, uh, who else? I wanted to ask, yeah. uh, skipping back a bit, what did Norman Mailer buy when he came in the bookstore? Norman Mailer was very well read. He bought everything that was out. You know, he wrote politics. He he read a lot. Mother, Robert Motherwell was, I think, our best best customer, the uh, the artist. And he bought very expensive art books, and he would order stuff all the time that we didn't carry. So he was good. But Mailer bought, he was just, he, Mailer was incredibly well-read, and I got to know him some, and I know his son was in Crybaby, Stephen Mailer. And uh, I know all the whole family now, and I was very good friends with Norris, his last wife. So, uh, and she wrote a book, so I have that too. Oh, is so, that here? Yeah, it's somewhere. Let me think, is it with him, or did I... Let me look here. You when you ask me to find something, uh. <laughs> then it becomes. There it is. She wrote a couple books. There's one of them called uh, "Wind Chill Summer." She wrote other ones too. I'm just singing. Are they here? Is that a novel? Is she oh, here's the other one. Oh. Ticket to the Circus. I think that's about her life with him. So yeah, she wrote. I'm glad I put her over with him. Or she might want to be separate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so let me see so that that's it and you know and, and and i have like pasolini because i i love him and i have a drawing he did over there a watercolor so i i keep i like to keep them together with certain people pair them with certain people with how you file them but these days you know i have an apartment in san francisco that is crowded as crowded with books and new york and four floors here oh, you've seen one of books so I pretty much know where everything is but I used to know better <laughs> so now, are there other books um, in other places do you well, have any in New York, kind of I have books that are usually about New York writers or about New York based some and then I have a million art books there too and same in San Francisco I have books about the People's Temple I have books about Patricia Hearst I have books about anything that happened in the Bay Area. But I also have other kind of books, too. I mean, I, I spread them out. I have different art books there. If I have two art books on an artist here, I'll take the other one and put it in another city. So I have something about everybody. Everyone gets around. Yes, they all get around. Now, the problem is, though, you know, I'm always shipping them out there, and it's like endless what it costs <laughs> to keep books. But at the, at the same time, I'm out of room in every single place. You're just going to have to buy a new house. <laughs> no, I don't want a new house. I, I, but you can see their bookshelves are even at the top, even sideways over the top. I mean, every bookshelf is full, and upstairs they're on the floor, some too. 
but I like to be surrounded by books, and um, it makes me feel comfortable. I like to look through them. I think, oh, that one, I remember that. And uh, so it's the one thing I'm proud of my library. I, it's, as I say, 11,000 books, and they're all written down in, in the computer, what vo what edition, if it's signed, when it came out, everything. So you which, have an actual library yes, cataloging yes. system. Did someone do that I for did you? Or did you started doing that maybe 20 years ago. Oh. But then someone did all the books up till then. My niece worked there. She That was her job. And she was very young. She was in high school and she had to look at some of these books. She said she got quite an education <laughs> cataloging her uncle's library. Did she read any of them while I she was working? I didn't ask her that. I'm sure she might have looked through one. <laughs> uh, can I borrow I a I hear it's very good. <laughs> yeah, no, she didn't take them home. No, she didn't do that. No, I hate lending books. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I hate. I have to keep the cover here, and you have to bring it back within a week. No, I hate lending books that, because people don't bring them back, and then you forget them. Well, and you know. is there anyone that you've not forgiven who borrowed a book who didn't return it? Did you? Well, I. Maybe. No, 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 name no. And shame. I can't name one. That means I got it back. <laughs> I, I made sure I got it back from. There's no books that are missing. Oh, really? That's impressive. Well, that I remember. But certainly, yes, I don't, people don't ask me to borrow books. Does I that... hate it when people offer to lend me a uh... book, too. I say, no, I don't want to lend a book. If I want it, I'll buy it and have it myself. Can you remember the last book that someone tried to lend you? No, because I always say no. I don't no even one, care what it is. But no one said, you've got to read this. They say that. And I say, oh, people give me books. They say, i got to read. Even that's hard because I, I have 10 books lined up that are next to read that I've bought. And you want to say, look, you don't understand. You give me this book. I've got to put it in my computer. And no, I don't. It depends. Some of them ah. go to a bookshop where I have a trade, books that I know I'm never going to read. Because people send me books all the time and uh, for blurbs and that kind of stuff. So... Uh, some of them I read, but others, there is a bookshop here called Normals that is a very, very good bookshop that uh, is a used bookshop. I don't sell them, but I get trade, you know. I think that sounds like a great arrangement. Yeah, yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We'll be back to John soon, but now it's time for my Steal of the Week, a book so valuable that you'd abandon your grandmother's heirloom Chanel handbag in the middle of the street to run back to the cafe where you left it. This week, it's Anne Lamott's Almost Everything, Notes on Hope, published by Canongate. This book might be a little marmite for some people, but I adored it. It's a selection of essays on humanity and, as you might expect, hopefulness. Every word is written with great grace, generosity and sincerity. Lamotte is a recovering addict who's seen the worst of the world but believes in the best for all of us. If you're a cynical sort, this is not for you, but if you're the kind of person who unabashedly weeps throughout Sondheim musicals, this is the book you need to read next. That's Almost Everything by Anne Lamotte, published by Canongate. Now back to John. Can you remember the last book you read that really surprised you? Was there anything when you thought, oh, this could go either way? Well, I I haven't read it yet, but I bought it. It's that, is it French? It's the 800-page book that's one sentence. Oh, Ducks Newburyport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read it yet. But I wrote a chapter in my book, Mr. Know-It-All, that was one sentence, just one chapter. So now it's even more... And I loved my struggle. I just went all through six volumes without the slightest problem. They were real page turners for me. So um, once in a while, you know, I'm not afraid. I like a hard book, and I, I mean, not a hard back, a hard book. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I'm I'm always the books that I think I'm going to like. I do pretty much. I think it's sometimes. an interest, an author I like, or it's an interest, or I read a bunch of reviews that were so good. I mean, book reviews do influence me. And I get Publishers Weekly, so I know everything that's going to come out before. That's my shopping guide. I just go through them and order, you know, tell my assistant to order it when it comes out. I do think sometimes it's really nice to, to go in feeling like if, sometimes if you expect to enjoy something, I think your expectations will be met. And yeah, I think it's a much positive I, I way am. to be. Yeah, if I've read a whole bunch of good reviews on something, there's a few I won't name that I didn't like, but that's because I don't say bad things about that's not my job is to praise things other people don't like. It's more my job. But um, I also still go to bookshops, though, and, and see books that I didn't know about and buy. So um, I love to do that, too. If you were to open a bookshop, other than having a house that looks like a bookshop, uh, how would you stock it? What would it look like? Well, I don't think I would open a bookshop now because I go to the one here, Atomic Books, that I like. That's where I get all my fan mail and everything. So that's my home bookshop here anyway. Um, If I guess I would just be well curated, you know, I certainly wouldn't own a bookshop that would be six floors of books, you know, that has everything. Uh, That would be almost impossible as an independent bookshop. So I guess I would order books that I like that I also thought would sell because I'm opening a business, yes. But I would have it be a lot of books facing out and I would, I would, I would curate it, basically, is what I would do. I wonder about art books because, I mean, they're so beautiful. Books are but less I... and less being done these days, you know. And the one thing about I have several art books out about my uh, photography and the one thing most people don't know you never get any money from your art books the museum or the gallery gets the money you don't get the money oh really ever I don't not think a I penny that, 
Yeah, most the most artists. Well, oh, they are expensive art books. The author, the um, the artist, never gets the money. Because you know, I think people would like maybe impulse buy a like a novel or a paperback or something that's like ten, twenty bucks, but. Oh, I impulse buy hardback. Art books, I do. I'm sure you impulse buy art books. Well, because you don't see them all the time, you know, and they're not always reviewed. And art books are highly collectible. I mean, they go out of print in a month and are worth money if you buy the right ones. But I've never bought books to make money. Buying them than from making them. But I never bought books to make money. I never did that. That's why they did wood if I sell them. Uh, Were there any of these that you, or any books that we've seen that were like an impulse? purchase that you ended up loving impulse purchase well that just would mean books i didn't know were out a lot of times i go to art shows and they give me the catalogs like this is a richard tuttle drawing show i went to so a lot of these are catalogs that i get once i go to the show I don't know that any of these were impulse buys. I knew what they were. I wanted to ask about that Amanda Lepoule book. Cause well, I... that's her, and that's her life, and it's all pictures of her. and It's actually quite good. She, it's well-written, too, something you might oh, really? not imagine. Yeah, I love yeah. her, and I didn't know this existed. So all these books, none of them were impulse. I, I knew about them or went to the show or, or read about them and found where to get them. They're not impulse. I would say impulse books would be, I don't know. I don't know what would impulse books would be. Mostly I know what I'm looking for. And I, and I buy them from bookshops. I buy them from Amazon. I buy them every, everywhere. I get them sent to me by ga- galleys, by publishers, because they want me to talk about them. So I'm lucky that way. I mean, but I buy books and I pay full price and... Sometimes, but then I'll get. I go to Amazon too. I read a book and I want to get it quickly, and they don't have it. I get it on Amazon. I'm not against them. You're so aware of everything that's happening in the book universe. It sounds like it'd be hard for a book to kind of, you know, like you make it your business to know there. You can't be impulsive because there are no surprises. Well, it's my business too because I have a lot of books that are out, and they're all still in print. It's a lovely way of pushing it. Yeah, uh, that book looks great, by the Which way, because the um, the Amanda Laporte. I was just leaving oh, through, yeah, and there's like a lot of um, you know, lot to read, which yeah, I like him in our book. She's she's great. I mean, and I think she's really smart and funny, and the book is great. And she's uh, she was really radical too. I mean, she took it to radical lengths. If my hypothetical hundred billion dollars that I brought with me in a suitcase and left mm-hmm. in a hall. If I were to give that to you to make the movie of any book that hadn't been made. Um, I would never make it from a book that someone else wrote. I've never made a movie I didn't think up, so I wouldn't do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I've only made movies that I wrote. So I would never make a movie from someone else's book. How about if you could get someone else to do it? <laughs> Well, The Confederacy of Dunces is a book that has, seems to be cursed because it's a great novel. I think it would make a great movie, and nobody can get it made. So um, that would be the... And it's such a great book that they'd ruin it. That's the problem. If you really love a book, the movie's never that good, usually. Once in a while it is, but generally it's a letdown. I think it kind of comes back to what you were saying about recording audio books. I think there's an intimacy to a book and it's such there a direct is, communication then and then you're bad declaiming books. it bad books make good movies sometimes oh um <laughs> like valley of the dolls and yes. you know that kind of thing makes seems to make better bad books make better movies although i do love that book 
I hate that book. I hated Jacqueline Suzanne. I didn't think everyone loves her. I didn't. I mean, I like the idea of her. I like Beyond the Valley of the Dolls by Russ Meyer, which she sued against, which I get why. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't think it was enjoyable to read Valley of the Dolls. I think the movie was enjoyable. I don't think the book's enjoyable to read. The titles are. I liked Peyton Place. Now that's a book I like. That's one of my favorite books. Yeah. I have all the. I have all the sequels to Peyton Place. Look back? at that. No, come here. These are really. Well, I don't know if they're rare because no one would want them but me. But where are all? Where did you see Peyton Place? I saw Return to. Okay. But then see these. Look at these. Aren't even by her. All the knockoffs. Thrills of Peyton Place. Pleasures of Peyton Place. Temptations of Peyton Place. Nice girl from Peyton Place. All these like cheap paperbacks came out that ripped it off. I have all of them too. Oh, and there is there's the original. Yeah, it's above H. It's the heroine. It's um, straddling. It's who's it by? Uh, Grace oh yeah, Return to Peyton Place. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so Grace Mattel, I went to her grave. I did everything. I went to her grave. But I went to her little die? town. Oh, in the sixties or a long time ago. A I don't think I realized it was that early. Oh, yeah, she drank herself longer. to death, kind of. And, and there's a good biographies of her. Inside Peyton Place is really good. The tight white collar. She had the best titles. But, uh, yes, Grace Metallius and that famous author picture where she's sitting there in her lumberjack and her dirty ponytail typing. I have that on my desk. Do you have a favorite author picture of yourself? Of myself? I hate all pictures of myself. I have to do it, and I do it. But, uh... I don't, like, give kill-file ones, the ugliest <laughs> pictures of you, right. It's not like, um, you know, Albert Einstein with that, and you're like, did you? Yeah, the Candy Darling t-shirt on, there's that great book, I... Candy Darling, the pink one with the lock and everything, that's a great book. I don't, I know the, um, I know Candy Darling, the person, but I don't think I know that book. And she cooperated, it came out when she was alive. Because I know they just made that. And it comes like a, and it comes with a lock, like a diary. Oh. Yeah, I it's think... really nice, it's pink. I'm going to. Trying to hunt yeah, that down. It, yeah. I'm a sucker for a book with accessories. Yeah. Would you ever do like a smell of it? Not well. It wouldn't be smell of vision, would it? Um, no, smell. A drama, but um, a, a scratch and sniff book. <laughs> no, but I have some books that a friend gave me that were really rare and really great, like how to skyjack a plane and and, and instructions for submachine guns and all. But they had mold in them, and I took them to the. My friend took them to the uh, Met, and they for a huge amount, they, they treated them and everything, so I had them to get the mold out. How much does that cost? Hundreds. I wonder how you get that job. I wonder at what well, point... Well, it's a match, certainly you're a conservator. But, um, you know, I mean, for, it's not just books or everything, right? But whether there's anyone who, you know, they're sort of, they're not necessarily there for the rare treasures, they're just really good at, like, mold solutions. Well, I think they have to be both. They they know what to do when something has mold, and they have to treat it, and it's, it's mold can spread really quickly, it can kill you, so it's, it is a highly trained job, right? But mold and books is the enemy of libraries, and these books were so great, I couldn't throw them out. I, I wanted to keep them. What do you do with the, the books in other places? Do you have anyone like making sure that everything is sort of in, you know? Yes, because I go there. I mean, I'm going to New York, my New York apartment this week. The one in San Francisco, I go to enough. That, but not, I don't know if they check the books, but yes, if there was an earthquake and they went in all the books were on the floor, <laughs> I'd hear, I'd hear, yeah. You'd That's know my fear. Anything, yeah. anything going awry. I think I read... And I have, I have in my San Francisco, some of the most lewd titles all out, which I do feel bad every time I have to get a new cleaning person <laughs> if they have to look at it, you know? And I, I mention it. I say, look, 
I just want to warn you, you know, this is a collection. It's not like I'm a complete pervert pornographer here, but some of them are really rude, the titles, and they're face out. And I've met, and so far it's been all right, but they just say, we don't look, but it's impossible not to look because they're all through the apartment. I mean, you'd hate, wouldn't you, if they know San Francisco, they'd go in with an open <laughs> mind and an open heart. Well, San Francisco has all kinds of people. People are religious there. People are, you don't know what each person's like, and it's none of my business what they're like. But but unfortunately, my business is right out there if they clean my apartment. It's not like an Airbnb <laughs> where you just go in and you can clean it and there's no personal things around. This is an insane collection of crazy books. So I think, so far so good, nobody's ever... Can you tell me the filthiest title in that collection? The filthiest I title? I, I think... God, I mean, uh, I don't know. The ones I have to walk past, Pussy Island, always makes me, Pacific Rimming. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> motorcycle Girl, Sore Bottom. Bend Over Pig, that's the one where a motorcycle cop is getting fucked by a hippie. Now, that is a, that's a switcheroo. Yeah, yeah. I'm just picturing the cover art and it's kind of beyond, I'm it's sure. Good. It's pretty good. And that one is face out. That's what I mean when the poor person who's dusting has to look at that. <laughs> but I can't go through every time and hide everything. Now, all the artwork is covered in black, which I do whenever I leave both apartments so the light doesn't damage ah. it. So it looks kind of creepy anyway when you come in. It's like Lent. In a satanic church. <laughs> Do they? I don't know. The satanic temple's pretty great. They're activists against church and state. They're great. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask about some um, books up here from um, these satanic temple books. May I? Yeah. Um, no, the ones that say juvenile delinquency, those little panels. Oh, these, oh, I think what they are are those altered Christian things that came out in the 50s, and they alter it to be pro Oh, because these are, I mean, they're so lovely because yeah. they're so but these are things, they, they, the Christians used to give these out. I haven't, I haven't even looked at them. But basically it's saying it's kind of a parody on those things that Christians used to give out against anti-Halloween or anti, you know. So this is... Chapels. Yeah. Hey, Ashley, me and the gang are going out to drink irresponsibly and have fun at everybody else's expense. Want to come? <laughs> no, thanks, Kyle. I'm going home to do homework. Yeah. That one's what, juvenile delinquency? Yeah, yeah. So they just gave me these. I got these recently. Though. And you see, once they're put in the system, I have the little green tag that knows uh. that they're in. But Did you ever go to the house in San Francisco? No, that's the satan That's different. That's Anton LaVey. Uh, they're uh, hucksters, and that is totally not them. They make fun of them. Because uh, gotcha. like, they were the like... Satanic church advice, don't go to that one. The one, the satan that was the one that's not there anymore anyway. It was Anton LaVey. And he was, I mean, he was a huckster, but still it was funny. I mean, Jane Mansfield went there for, but the Satanic Temple is very, very different. They are activists for, ch against church and state, and they win a lot of lawsuits, and they're, they're, they're great. They're funny. Do you have a favorite memoir or biography? Oh, I like biographies. That, there's one by Klaus Kinski that got banned, that, oh, the first yes. edition of it, the first edition of it, which is really shocking. There's, uh, there's usually different bios. Susan Smith, my daughter, about the mother, the woman who killed her children. Her mother wrote a book. Talk about obscure. 
<laughs> so I, I really like Nancy Spungen's mother's book about what a tragedy it was to have Sid Vicious. And, and her, you know, her daughter was a monster, too, she admits. So uh, that's pretty good. So usually obscure, notorious people's relatives. So the Jeffrey Dahmer's father wrote a very good book. Oh, really? You think, don't you, that it's sort of that, you know, mommy dearest, the kids getting revenge on their terrible parents. But I like this genre of parents talking about how shishy their children are. No, well, they're they're, they're trying to say, Jeffrey Dahmer said, I maybe wasn't a good father, but was I happy? You know, I mean, basically, (laughs) that's a message. And Nancy Spungen's mother was, I hated her too. I mean, I loved her. She was my Mm -hmm. daughter, but she was incredibly difficult. And that I'm not sorry she's dead. (laughs) She didn't say that, but kind of, kind of she did because it was a relief because she had tried every single thing to help her daughter and... You know, sometimes junkies are impossible to... Uh, you can't make them get sober. Yeah. yeah. But they're all split up. They're in all different places. If, if it's a biography about somebody in San Francisco, it's pretty much uh. in San Francisco. Yeah. In New York, there and here, just my favorite all time. I think my favorite books are still in this house. Not completely. In New York, I have a couple favorite ones. My favorite novel ever is Two Serious Ladies by Jane Bowles. And that original... I love that book. That original first edition is in New York. Uh, when did you read it? Can you remember? I read it in the 60s because Tennessee Williams always said it was his favorite book. So I read it a long time ago. I read it when I worked on the Promise Town Bookshop. Yeah. That is the most comprehensive collection of Tennessee Williams I've ever seen in or outside Well, you should go to that bookshop in New Orleans. There's one, the Faulkner Bookshop. They have even more, probably. But um, yes, and I wrote the introduction to Tennessee Williams' memoirs when it was re-released. It was in my book, Role Models, so I've been a fan of Tennessee's forever. He, Even his supposed bad stuff, his later stuff, I, I like it. And what great titles. I mean, is there a better title than Suddenly Last Summer? Mm. I mean. <laughs> it's so cool. I just, when I was a, a teenager, I was a real nerd for him. And I think that was it, just hearing the names of those How do you be plays. a nerd for Tennessee Williams? <laughs> And you, you have to put the hours in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, um, I mean, I, I had nothing else to do when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, so that was... So you just read Tennessee well, I, um, well, Me too. I read him when I was 15 too, and he was a ticket out. He was a let me see that there was bohemia and there was something completely different that I could escape to. It's a real, like, you know, those right on the line between glamour and squalor. Mm-hmm. That's what's going yeah. on there. Well, great. when they first asked him on TV if he was gay, he said, well, I cover the waterfront. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Which was a hilarious answer. What was that? I've just been reading um, a biography of Eve Babbitts, and she's talking about... Oh, I read um, a lot of her books. Yeah, yeah, and I, I read the biography too, yeah. Oh, what did you think? Well, I liked her, and, well, that she's alive today, mm. right? And she's also doesn't... It's kind of maybe bitter about, but she likes that she's having this revival, you know. The thing I like the most about that biography is that you cannot get her to do anything unless you, like, make her wait to eat. Yeah, yeah. Like, she just wants to get her food and go. Yeah. she Yeah, she's, she, she's not too... She's not too happy. Well, I think she's happy to be rediscovered. Mm. I think she is. But at the same time, she wants money. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing that broke my heart as well is that she, you know, she doesn't have a TV anymore because she was ordering too much stuff yeah, yeah. from, like, home shopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a good biography, but yeah. What's that? I can't remember which artist boyfriend it was, but someone was saying, you know, about her going out with, I think, a couple of guys who are sort of mostly gay. Yeah. And her line was like, well, he's not totally gay and we have a lot of fun. 
which yeah. I thought was great. Well, a lot of, I think Ricky Lake once said to me, what smart woman's first boyfriend in high school didn't turn out to be gay? <laughs> that is an <laughs> excellent line. Has Ricky Lake written any books? Yes, I wrote the introduction to it. She did write a book. Oh, yep. fab. They, we don't have to go and find it, but are they... Are they in it's the, all uh, upstairs, you know. I didn't know you were going to want a book tour here. <laughs> you know, well, especially at 6.45 in the morning. It is early. Oh, you know what? Those books aren't here. They're at my office. All the books that I'm in or that have anything about me in it are, are over at my office. They aren't even here. But that would be with that because it would be books with all people that I've worked with and I mean, that kind of thing. I appreciate it is different for every book. But can you tell me a bit about the process of, of writing an introduction? Does it flow with some harder than others? Oh, reading an introduction is a pain. You have to read the book twice. First of all, to read it, then to make notes. And then usually the person that asks you to read it is your friend, which makes it, you know, so it's awkward if you don't like it. But I've never had to write a book intro for a book I didn't like. Um, I Wait, usually say no. I usually say no. But it's just like reading a, writing a book review is endless, too, because you have to read the book, then you have to make all the notes for it, then you have to write it, then you have to annotate it for the lawyers and things. So writing a book review is the, one of the, I think, the most labor-intensive journalistic jobs you can do. I have a feeling I know how you are going to take this idea, and I don't yeah. think you're going to like it, but I would really, really love it if you had a Reese Witherspoon style John Waters book club. Well, a book club, I certainly have recommended books a million times. I've picked for many magazines my favorite books. I always talk about books and in interviews that I like. So I feel like I have one anyway. And, and I wrote a whole chapter in Role Models about my five favorite books. So I've already, there's my book club yeah. to start. Yeah. So you've got, I, I cannot persuade you to have like stickers with your face on. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. I would. Uh, well, no, who knows what I'd do. You know, I never thought I would do some things I've done. So I'm not against doing a book club. It's just that um, I, I'm so busy now to think of another job would be beyond me. Then I'd never be able to read. There's so many of them. I'm just saying it's the most exciting thing is to find an author that you like and then re-binge all that person's books, which I did with Ivy Compton Burnett, which is, she's so hard to read. Most people, when Borders was a store here, they asked me for a book to recommend, and I did it, and they said they sold so many copies, and every person brought it back. <laughs> One of her books. It doesn't matter which one. They're all hard to read. All hard to read. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they said every single. They sold a lot, and every single person brought it back. And said I can't read this. Which <laughs> make me even like her more. <laughs> you said you know you like a challenge. Yeah, like well, a, I like I like, I like but that's the thing. I I had heard of her, and I had never read one. And then once you read one, then you find out she has eighteen other books or something. You think, wow, you hate to finish the last one when that happens. No, that can go over a long period. I I spaced it out so I could always have one I could take with me a new one. I feel a little bit that way about um, local author Anne Tyler. You yeah. know, you get into her, and there's so oh, much. Anne's my friend too. She's great, and um, and she's very different than you expect. You know, she's very she's opinionated. She like we disagree a lot on books. I love to argue books with Anne, but I agree. I think she's an absolutely wonderful writer, and uh, not just because she writes about Baltimore, she could write about anywhere, and she'd be a brilliant writer. Has there been anyone that you were completely impressed or terrified to meet writing wise? Oh. Well, the ones that I really like, I never got to meet Jeanette. I didn't meet, I didn't meet Tennessee Williams. At the very end, I was in a room that he was in, and he looked kind of inebriated, and it was late at night, and he was at a table eating in a restaurant, so I wasn't going to go over and barge to meet him. 
of the over let's see walk over here i did meet edward alvey and i got along with him fine he was great when did you meet him i met him probably in provincetown or new york both i think um of all the authors over here james purdy i did meet um and tyler we talked about julian barnes i met him just i loved his new book which is really really good the other story the other story? The only yes, story. Yes, it's really, really hilarious. I just finished it, and I had lunch with him in London last week. Uh, who else here? Let me see. James Purdy. William Burroughs I met. Janae, of course, I never met. A Margarita Dura, I did meet once. Um, William Inge, certainly. I did. She was grouchy, and, you know, she <laughs> said, I don't care if anybody likes my movies, you know. Uh, I certainly never met Baron Corvo or Ronald Furbank. I would have loved to. Uh, John Fowles I never met. All right, let's go over this side. I'm just trying to think. Now you're making me name drop. It's uh, good. One like thing. I met Jean Reese. Pasolini, obviously, I never met. Elena Ferrante. I've spoken a lot about her, but obviously I never met her. No one has, or, or knowingly. For a second, I thought you were going to clue us in on the secret. No, no, no. <laughs> Mary McGar... Mary... Uh, Are you McGarry Elena Morris. I love her. I met her. Am I what? I said, are you Elena Ferrante? I'm very much so, very much so. Uh, let's see here. Who we got uh, here? John Retchy, I never met. Brett Easton Ellis, I did. Norman Mailer, I did. Uh, Philip Hoare's my friend. We talked about him. Oh, I see Rachel Cusk. Oh, I love her. She's, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I have met her. I'm a really, really think she's one of, my, one of the best writers today of all. I adore her. John Ritchie wrote, wrote so many books. I didn't <laughs> He's still that. writing them. Is he really? Yes. I had no idea. I mean, I'm trying to think what his most recent one is, but yeah, John Ritchie. What's this one? This might be a later one, yes. About my life and the kept women. Uh, so, yes, I would say that John Ritchie has a lot of books. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and he's in L.A., and... Maybe still hustling. Damn, we were just there. Maybe we should go back. Do you think you will always be writing books as long as... I hope so. You know, as long as I can think. I can't imagine people say, why don't you retire? I think if I retired, I'd drop dead. So, uh, hopefully. You know, I'm working on a novel now called Liar Mouth that I signed a two-book deal, the one that did Mr. Know-It-All with FSG. So I'm in the middle of writing that. So right after the Christmas tours, I'll go back to that. I'm on page 163 in the first draft. How are you feeling about it? I mean, I guess, you know, you have so many stories. I'm always stories, nervous. But... I'm always excited about it. How am I feeling about it? I'm feeling good about it, I think. It's, you know, it's not like I, I've never written a novel, even though all my, I've written a million films. I've, I, you know, the first two parts of Car 6 were fiction, because I imagined the best and the worst, but I was in it, which mm. makes it easier. Sort of auto-fiction. You just got the loveliest look on your face then when you were talking about your novel, like when you've met, you know, when a person's yeah. met someone like, oh, you know, it's early days, but I'm really excited. Uh, well, I am excited about it, yeah, and it's, uh, we'll see, I'll go right back to that can January you, 2nd. Can you tell us anything about no, it? No, bad luck secret? to talk about something before you do it. Right, but I mean, I'm sure, I absolutely oh, I respect that, thing. but I had to ask. No, it's called Liar Mouth, and it's about a woman who steals suitcases in airports. <gasps> I cannot wait for that. That's I cannot right. wait. So that's it, pretty much. Let me think over here. Let me see if there's any other ones that we didn't talk about, because there are people over here. Yes, definitely. Well, I've Gorby Dow, I did meet, actually. Oh. Um, James McCord, I like him. I've met him. Can Dennis Cooper, him? yes, he's what great. What is this? Hmm? Oh, somebody gave me that. It's the dirt from John Wayne Gacy's lawn. Oh. Some fan sent me that. What do you do with that? You know, you, you don't throw <laughs> yeah, it out. Lay it on your bookcase. Yeah. 
That should be in the true crime section, which is upstairs. Is there any significance to the ones over here poking out? That's actually fake. Let me show you. That oh. is a CD case. Oh. <laughs> Disguised as a book. And I went to thrift shops and found every book to get the spine, the titles that I thought would be okay. Oh, like I say, he made this. I didn't, my friend. Michael Halstall made he, it. Yep. And what do Oh, we have you read here? the Ouija book? Yeah, it's good. I have all Ouija. I met Ouija. God, tell us yeah, about that. I met Ouija at the at the Bridge Theater in New York when he showed his movies and talked in probably 66 or 5 or something. I even have a tape of it. Wow. <laughs> and he was he was great. I'm a huge fan of Ouija. I have a Ouija photograph of Johnny Ray downstairs. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, the last thing. So, uh, I, I know you're pals with Werner Herzog and he recently said that he thinks his uh, books will outlive his films and they'll be his prose writing will be seen as being more important than everyone will forget about his films and but the books will be remembered what if you felt the same way I hope they remember any of it that's how I put it <laughs> <laughs> it's all a win yeah I mean the Films have already been remembered for 50 years, some of them. So uh, they're on the way. They already have been. Uh, so, And the books are all still in print. So um, who knows? Once you're dead, we'll see. Then that, That's when people always say to me, I'm an artist. I always say, I believe I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> or history will be the judge of that. So we'll see. We'll see if they remember everything. I won't know. So either way. I think I've I've done my work, yeah, so that I've done, you know, I have, what, 17 movies, eight books, uh, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Huge thanks to John. Do read Mr. Know-It-All. It's a brisk, filthy, moving antidote to January gloom. Well, all gloom and ennui. I'm Daisy Buchanan, and I've been your book inspector. Thank you so much for joining me, fellow bibliomaniacs. You can find me on Twitter at NotRollerGirl and on Instagram at the Daisy Bee. Say hello, suggest some guests and watch out for shelfies. Visit our show page, acast.com slash booked for more information about our guest and a list of the books they've talked about. If you have any other queries about the podcast, you can email us at whybooked at gmail.com. Your Booked is produced by Dale Shaw for New Alaska and hosted by Acast. Please do subscribe, rate us and leave a review. It's great to hear what you think and it helps other people find the podcast. For now, I leave you with this from Dorothy Parker. If you have any young friends who aspire to become writers, the second greatest favour you can do them is to present them with copies of The Elements of Style. The first greatest, of course, is to shoot them now while they're happy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.